and Apex Lab Podcast. Hey there, welcome to the Level Up Engineering Podcast, where we speak to the most experienced technology leaders from around the world. So stay with us to learn actionable management insights to take your engineering team to the next level. This show is powered by Apex Lab, a team of experts in end-to-end digital product development. ApexLab.io Welcome to the Level Up Engineering Podcast. I am Karolina Tóth, and in every episode I speak with accomplished tech leaders. My guest today um, started out as a web developer and uh, turned to mobile development, if I'm not mistaken. Worked at Facebook and uh, more specifically at Instagram for over four years. And I think he also flies airplanes. Um, So today, my pleasure is to welcome the Director of Engineering from GitHub, Ryan Nystrom. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, you did do your homework. That was fun. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Please tell us about your passions. I've been building mobile websites and apps for probably about 10 years or so. I have always been into, when I was growing up, computer games started getting into programming when I was like kind of like high school ish Um, was never like a prodigy or anything. I just like, I'm more obsessive than anything. Uh, And then what's the difference between a prodigy and someone who's obsessive? That's a really good question. (laughs) Uh, I guess I just, I don't view myself as particularly talented. I just don't, I just don't quit. (laughs) Even if it means like staying up, super late or kind of grinding myself into a pulp. Whenever I like latch onto something, I, I can't quit either like investigating or building or trying something. And I, I do think that that's something that's worked out well for me. It's also something that you have to kind of moderate because that's a, a trait that can quickly lead to burnout if you just constantly are chasing whatever you're obsessed with. Right. Thank you for telling us that. Today, our topic of discussion is... Um, connected to the fact that you work for GitHub because people view the company as something of a standard to to live by. So we, today we will talk about uh, building and enforcing a healthy feedback culture. And so let's jump right into it. What the feedback culture is like at GitHub? So when I think about feedback culture, especially at like a, a bigger company, so you know, GitHub's now owned by Microsoft for, I guess the acquisition was like two two years ago, um, but it has been like pretty much integrated uh, more or less for like a year and a half or something like that. So when I think about feedback culture at a big company, I'm thinking of two things. One of them is like the formal feedback process, which is usually some sort of biannual performance review cycle where you are writing a self-evaluation, your manager is giving you feedback, and ideally you're soliciting feedback from your peers. A standardized, formal, consistent process is a really good sign of like a healthy culture that you're always evaluating yourself, you're getting feedback from your peers, you're sharing it, et cetera. But the other part of when I think about a feedback culture is the actual like informal feedback, just openness, sharing ideas, sharing concerns, that kind of like health and safety to express your ideas without fear of like retribution and feeling safe enough to like make some mistakes and and learn from it. 
but also having an environment, be it your team, your peers, or even the entire company where people are just kind of like looking out for each other and uh, feel safe offering ideas, uh, changes, suggestions. And then on the, the other side of that is the actual reception of those ideas, um, digestion of them, and then like actioning them. And I, I think that GitHub does a, a pretty good job at all of this. So like you mentioned, I, I came from Facebook, which was really my first experience with like a really robust feedback system. And I, I think a lot of it comes from Sheryl Sandberg. And it is just, I, I have to say, it's like an insanely uh, top-notch feedback system um, where, where the performance review cycle is uh, incredibly important. It drives your promotions and compensation and all of this stuff. The downside of it is it's so good that it is it, it can make people really competitive and it makes it really clear how much harder you have to work to get to the next level or you know you've got to take these projects so that your performance review looks good and so you end up sort of obsessing over how to do well on your performance review and it maybe you get removed from the actual like work and impact you're trying to like make in the world and i think that github strikes a good balance of this where we have frequent annual or biannual performance review cycles. They aren't as intense, um, which I think is great because we can use these to check in with each other, give each other feedback, think critically about how we're performing, um, make sure that people are being rewarded and compensated fairly. Um, and then, you know, once we've checked in, kind of get back to what we're here to do. And at GitHub, that's you know, building a platform for developers throughout the world for uh, hobbyists, for maintainers, for open source contributors, and then uh, like enterprises as well. And then on the other side of feedback, that, that sort of like informal process, I think that GitHub also does really, really well. It, it's incredibly open. I've actually was like shocked at how open I think the culture is when I first joined. It like shocked to the point where I was like, oh my gosh, like how does this place get by? Like everybody is sharing their ideas. But it makes it really unique. I can really tell that people feel an immense amount of like ownership and pride over not just their work, but their teams. And they care. They care to make it better. Um, they care what people in leadership positions say and do. There's constant feedback. There's constant adjustment. It's cool to just see it kind of like improve itself in real time. Awesome. That, that was a lot of information for us to process. Can we get a little bit of an insight as to how this biannual performance review looks like at GitHub so that we can kind of get to know the roles that are at play here? Sure. So I, I manage at GitHub and you know my responsibility every so every six months, I need to make sure that all the folks on my team are writing a self-review. So when you write review at, at GitHub, I, I like the the focus is, is really about what are your results in the last six months? And then what are your behaviors compared to um, our company values, which we have like a bulleted list of like, these are the things we as a company believe are, are important. Um, what are your behaviors relative to those values that contribute to your results? And I like that way of kind of splitting you're thinking into like, what is the actual like impact? What is the the stuff I'm delivering? How am I making the business and the, the platform better? Um, and then 
it's like, what, what, what is it about me that makes me successful at doing those things? And I like that split because it, it makes you think holistically about somebody's performance. Um, you can have somebody that delivers incredible results, but is like super toxic. And this is a really good way to kind of check that because you want a well-rounded person. And if that means maybe you don't do the 10x results so that you spend a little bit more time collaborating and supporting with your peers, that's something we want to like reward and, and call out. So as an IC, you do this every six months. Um, you would write that self-review. You'd also ask your peers for feedback, kind of more or less like the same questions. Like, what is something that Ryan's done really well? Uh, how did he do it? Like, what should he be doing more of or differently? And then as a manager, I kind of take all of that information and compile it into a result. So is somebody kind of meeting the expectations for their particular engineering level. And then I'd also try to combine all of that feedback from their self-review, from their peers, my own observations, and create basically like a report. Like here's what the last six months have looked like for you. And to be honest, I, I don't like spending a whole lot of time on like the stuff they did. I like to make sure it's like listed and accounted for. I spend majority of my time on like looking forward. Like where are areas of opportunity, where should you spend more time, less time? What are some things I'm, I or yourself are noticing that are like you're really good at and you maybe want to do more of and like we could brainstorm things in the coming six months um, that you should do because you might be able to exercise that skill, hit some milestone or whatever. And we do that about every six months and engineers, managers, directors, VPs, everybody participates um, for themselves and the people that directly report to them. Right. And um, just to make sure we're on the same page, um, you sit down with everybody one-on-one -on -one and share the cumulative report that you have created, right? Yeah. Yeah. We, we always like sit down, um, walk through everything. Tactically, I like to send these things to people like well ahead of time, either like a day or two so that they can like read it digest it, come up with questions, maybe they have feedback about the report. And then when we actually sit down, it's instead of like reading line by line by line, which can be kind of boring, we actually just dig into like, okay, what are your questions? What, what do you want to learn more about? We definitely spend more time talking about like that future opportunity. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for that. You kind of hinted on this um, before, but um, what in your opinion are the benefits of a, a good feedback culture, of a healthy feedback culture? There's a ton of benefits. Yeah, some of the, the things I mentioned before, it's a feeling of like health and safety that you, know, you can have a voice, it's going to be heard, and it's going to be acted on or at least considered. I think it's important not to expect all feedback to always be actioned. I think, you know, knowing that like my feedback is like a data point that somebody can take and if they've got enough data, then they might make a decision is kind of how I view whenever I'm giving feedback, especially to somebody like in a leadership position, but also that, that sense of ownership. I think that if you can feel like I can give feedback and something can get done, well, then I'm responsible not only for like my projects, but like for this, this team, the way this team works or this company, the way the company presents itself or what we decide to like do in the world, it 
creates a group of people that are just very happy um, they feel safe to express their ideas and, and very proud to like own their work. That's awesome. We should all own our work. It's really good to be surrounded by people who you can actually talk to honestly. So you mentioned that you are now at a bigger company, but um, you worked at uh, a few other companies before. And I would love to get your take on this if it hasn't been properly structured yet and you work for a younger company a startup or your company just hasn't put much effort into developing those soft skills for the software developers how would you start building such an open feedback culture i actually had a um kind of a fun experience because the company that I worked at um, in Columbus, Ohio, before I joined Facebook, um, made a lot of friends while working there. And um, a couple of years into working at Facebook, they actually reached out and said, hey, we've, we've grown a little bit. As we keep in touch, you keep talking about this like performance management, performance cycles, performance reviews, like, can we learn more? And I actually met up with them and almost just told them, like walked them through, here's how the process works and here's why I think it's awesome. And like they started asking, what can we do? Like, what sh- what do you think we should do? And we actually kind of, I don't know how far they took it, but we actually started like breaking down like as a smaller company, small being like 50 or so people, what could you do? And I kind of break it down into like, I think people should be doing at least every six months doing some sort of like check-in. People should write a self-review. Facebook was more robust in that they had all of these different axes on how you evaluate yourself based on impact and velocity and influence and you know recruiting and all of this stuff. I like the way GitHub breaks it down into just what are your results and what is your behavior? Just like a really simple like two-bucket system for like the things that I do. It's really easy way for me to analyze. And I, I think that doing some sort of biannual review even at like a small you know if you've got a dozen people i think it's still valuable to actually sit down yourself most importantly like be critical about yourself but then to like look at your peers and ask for feedback and ideally have somebody in like a management position that can that can compile that i've seen debate on if you're asking for feedback from your peers do you want that to go to your manager or do you just want the raw feedback? And I think that I see kind of both sides of that. I'd, I'd love to be able to directly read what my peers are writing at the same time. I kind of don't want people to sugarcoat it either. And I would really like for them to be critical uh, about what I do, even if it's like small things. Um, and if you know I'm sharing feedback directly with somebody, I might be a little hesitant to be like, overly critical, maybe I'll be a little bit nicer, but then perhaps like gloss over something that I actually could be doing differently. That's why I'd recommend in a smaller company, I think it'd be great to have somebody in a position manager or whatever um, that can receive this. And maybe, you know, I use the word compile to be able to kind of like put this together into almost an anonymized ish report. Here's how the last six months have been going. And here's areas of opportunity for you. I think it's super important. And as an employee, like I just I want to know what else I should be doing. And it helps me learn what's important to my team, to the business, 
and it, it helps me kind of like understand where I should be going. Right, right. So you you mentioned that your former colleagues reached out to you. So I guess if we are talking about the prerequisites for, for a healthy feedback culture, one of them is, you know, being inclined to have a feedback culture. And, um, and I feel like openness has come up a lot of times. So what other things would you say are crucial for a successful um, feedback system or building a successful culture for feedback? One thing that I do as a manager is actually encourage people giving feedback. I'm not totally sure how to boil this down into a trait, but I think there needs to be a recognition that like feedback makes teams stronger. It makes people stronger. It builds strong relationships between people. So something that I, I do is I seek feedback either about myself or when I see in a meeting maybe that somebody is telling me about some awesome work that so-and-so did, I actually try to ask them, like, have you told them that? Like, have you reached out to them and tell them directly about how great you think that is? Because, you know, that's a, that is feedback. Even if it is just like praise, you know, that reinforcement that like something I'm doing is awesome and the people around me are noticing it. Um, I really try to encourage that. And I, I try to go out of my way too, to ask pretty much multiple times a week to several of the, the folks on my team, like, what can I do differently? Um, what do you need me to do? Um, how can I like get out of your way? How can I like enable you? It's maybe almost like annoying, but like, I, I really am just like constantly seeking because as soon as you feel like you're getting comfortable or complacent, that's when like stuff I think slips, bad culture could grow. You could forget about commitments, um, slip on projects or whatever. Um, so I think it, there is like a feedback culture doesn't just come naturally. You have to like work at it um, and you have to want to work at it. You have to really want to hear the good and the bad. Right. So is it, in your opinion, more so the manager's responsibility to try to encourage the teams to get feedback? I would say it starts at the top. It starts at whoever's running the company. They have to show really leadership by example. They have to be asking for feedback either like in company meetings or privately or, or smaller meetings. And I think that if they show that they're open to it and they want it and that they will then action it, that that will eventually like spread. I think that individuals, I think it's really, really healthy for your own like individual career performance on your team. But to create like an actual culture, it has to be like everybody. And especially, I really do think it probably starts like whoever's, you know, the the kind of like C-suite of a company needs to be engaged in this. Because if they're not doing it, if they don't seem like they care, then nobody else is really going to care. Right, right. Thank you. And I totally agree with you. <laughs> Let's go to a different aspect, which I think is quite intriguing how do you help your team give useful feedback? I mean, there are preconceptions about engineers not being the kinds of people who are great with words or 
handling emotions for that matter. But I'm sure there are some ways in place to help them make their feedback more adequate and um, constructive. And I'd like to hear what those are from you. There's tactics for, I guess, actually, I use the same tactic for good and, and I don't want to say bad feedback, just critical feedback. With kind of like constructive praising feedback, I tend to just want to be like, this was awesome. Like, this is great. Like, you're like such a rock star. Um, and that's nice. But if you are trying to like reinforce somebody doing like really awesome work, it's really important to single out like what and how they did it instead of just giving some kind of platitudes, like actually to try to analyze. And I, I like using this like results behavior framework and to like take the example of somebody doing something and break it into like, what did they do? What did they deliver? Okay, the person shipped this new feature. Why do I think this was awesome? Like, well, they did it like in half the time that we we thought we were going to. Like, how did they do that? Like, why did they do that? And kind of like try to like distill what you noticed that somebody did that made it super successful. And then to give them that feedback. Like, I noticed that you used data to measure which people were using this feature and decide that we should not build it. And like that gives me confidence that you know what you're doing and like, thank you. And that's the other part of it is like, what does the thing you notice result in? So you, know, you did X and it resulted in Y. And that could be something that they delivered, something that they shipped, something that impacted users, or just like I mentioned in that example, just that like, oh, I trust you more. Thank you for doing this thing because now I like really respect your opinion. And you know that kind of positively reinforces to somebody like, oh yeah, I should keep doing that because other people will probably think like that. And the same goes for, for critical feedback. And I think with positive feedback, like I don't think it's good to like filter tone like if you're excited, I want you to like be excited, like, <laughs> like spread that excitement. It's infectious. I like a really positive, energetic team culture. When people are like at their like max hype, I want to be like, go share it, go tell people about it, go give them that feedback, try to like focus on the parts of it that were great, but like go share it. If something didn't go well, that's when I think it's important to like take a minute and still do the analysis of like, you know, somebody did this resulted in that if it was emotional if there was a lot of conflict try to find ways to calm down to be more analytical of the situation and less like you know focused on emotions and um though sometimes that is appropriate as well that like you know the way somebody said something it hurts my feelings and the like result of that is that like maybe I don't trust you as much anymore or you know I don't want to ask for a code review from you in the future because this interaction really sucked and it was stressful for me um, and that's important for again to let somebody know the outcome of their action could be as simple as like I might think twice about asking for your review and that sucks it, uh, I've been on the receiving end of that and that that sucks and it, it makes you really think about how you could you could do something better. So if we agree that the point of giving feedback is to 
help someone grow and develop in their own abilities, then I guess you have to be very informative when you give your feedback, whether or not it's positive. So given that you've done what you could and you get feedback, how do you handle it when someone doesn't react to it the way um, you feel is appropriate? Um, let's say someone takes it personally or just um, dismisses feedback from you. What do you do? Basically want to just like hit pause on the actual giving feedback and like ask like something's off what I like I I kind of expected this to be received this way and it's not and I'm why what's kind of going on could I have said that better do you disagree if so like why let's like dig into it and I think it's important to like actually drill into the situation now obviously there's limits to that like if somebody's really ticked like they're mad at you I think it's totally good to be like this is not the intent you know we should reconvene let's take a minute I mean, maybe we talk in like an hour or two, but like, you got to talk again. You got to like do the drilling into why didn't this go well? Where do we disagree? Why is somebody like not reacting well to it? Why do they not agree with you? Because I think the very fact that somebody wouldn't react well to like receiving feedback is either something that could be improved or there's something deeper that you don't understand that you're missing that's like really important to like surface and it's hard. I mean, it's hard when faced with like conflict with somebody's telling you like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't agree with you, whatever. My natural instinct as a somewhat introverted person is like, I want to not talk about it. Like I want to just kind of like run away and be like, okay, they don't want to talk about it. Then I don't want to talk about it and we'll just pretend it never happened. Right. And that's so dangerous because now there's like, you know, there's a problem there. It's just like a little seedling and it's just going to grow into something really problematic and somebody could leave the company. It could blow up into a bigger situation months down the road. The two of you could just like be passive aggressive with each other and that spreads to the rest of the team. Projects get missed because now you're not like talking to each other. Like, I think that's the important part as a manager to recognize is like there's real world consequences for like leaving things unaddressed, for not digging into this, for not talking about feedback and, and trying to like understand each other. That stuff grows and it festers. Right. Wow, I, ju I just pictured all of that and uh, I didn't like the image. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so, so let's talk about how do you encourage it? You have already mentioned that you as a manager are kind of responsible for encouraging a healthy feedback culture and pointing it out to people when they should be talking to their teammates. What do you do when someone is still reluctant to give feedback or if they are afraid to give negative feedback because they fear the backlash or hurting someone else's feelings what do you say to them it really varies by by situation and i think it varies by like seniority so with seniority if you have a really senior engineer i really kind of expect people to be able to resolve these things I know that like as a manager, like that is my job is to like foster giving feedback and, and help with team culture. But when you have like 
big tech leads saying like, I can't work with this person. My response to that is like, hey, you're this high level engineer. This is actually like part of your job. If you're supposed to be a leader, I need you to be able to solve for these problems. That's one thing I do. And then I mentioned it varies by situation because sometimes people are just uncomfortable giving feedback. And what I like to do as a manager is just offer to be a coach. Like, come to me. Either we can meet or we can do it over Slack or whatever. Like, you can give me the raw, unfiltered version, and then I will help you identify, like, what's probably going to make somebody angry? Um, How can we, like, phrase this? And, And to teach somebody this whole, like, cause and effect framework for giving feedback so that somebody can be a little prepared. But then I really do encourage them, like, try to have that conversation yourself. I can do it for you. But now I'm I'm essentially becoming the middleman and I'm going to have to be translating and interpreting your thoughts and your emotions and then this person's thoughts and emotions and I'm going to have to be like going back and forth. One, it's like not very efficient. But two, like if you can actually get on a video call, especially with somebody and see their face, see their body language, see how they're reacting, your feedback's going to land better. You're going to have a better conversation. And ideally, the two of you are going to like grow your professional relationship. So I, I really try to push people towards have that conversation together for the good and, and the tough feedback. I think that all of those things happen no matter what the feedback is. There are definitely limits to like how big of a problem is this? If it's critical feedback, what's the nature of the problem? Maybe there's something that like is an issue and we need to like observe it and we need to talk about it. Maybe there's like, you know, somebody's like super uncomfortable with somebody. So there, there are um, definitely variables where I wouldn't like jump to like, Hey, go like talk to this person face to face. But more often than not, it's like small things that like we could do better or a person could do better. And I, I try to encourage people like put it in a constructive way, but like have the conversation face to face. And, and even if you're like very new to your career, I think it's important to be doing that. It's not reserved for the high level engineers to be like doing this face to face or like doing it on their own. But I definitely think it's it's important with like tech leads to tell them like, no, that's more expected. And if you are really early to your career, I think it's okay to like work much more hands on with your manager and learn about this process, but still eventually have the conversation yourself. Right. Thank you. And with that said, we talked about um, individual contributors talking to each other, and you seem like an approachable enough guy, but how do you encourage people who are not comfortable giving feedback to you or to their manager in any sense? It seriously varies by manager. So I can speak for myself. I definitely have people that are uncomfortable giving me feedback, without a doubt. Even just recently hearing people being like, oh, you have the the word director in front of your title, which I actually, I'm like not a title person. I like don't get really worked up about here's my title. This is what that means. I'm more like, I kind of hide it <laughs> more or less, but it's there. Like it's part of my job title and people see that and have assumptions and expectations and it kind of stinks. But what I like to tell people is don't think of me as a director, like think of me as your tool. Like I am your window into other directors, into the C-suite, into like leadership 
at this company. I'm also your tool you can leverage to make changes with this team. And so it it's almost like I try to like dehumanize myself a little bit. And it's like, I, I like basically give people the menu of like things I can do. Like I can go talk to the CEO about something. I can go give my manager, who's a VP, I can go give them feedback, anonymized feedback. I can go probe for information in our team. If there's like, you know, you have a concern about something, I can actually go and like find that. And to basically tell people like, here's my services and you can use them. And that sort of, I think, opens up people to being like, I see this problem, I have this idea, and then they can come to me and and say like, here's what I would like, or here's here's something I think could be different. And I try to do that for myself and, and for the other managers in our organization. Just look at these people as like tools that you can use and leverage to make some change. It's harder for managers and directors like outside of my purview because sometimes people are different and people's management philosophy varies. Some people like the the title and uh, that's fine. I can't change that. But at least within within my group, that's really what I try to encourage. All right. And so if they do have feedback for you or for for anyone else, we've talked a lot about doing it face to face. But um, is there an instance where doing it face to face is not the most appropriate option? For starters, it's not very efficient. So if you've got like 20 people that you want to get feedback from doing 20 30 minute meetings is going to take a long time. It's going to be exhausting, both physically and and emotionally. So I I think this is where I would tend to solicit written feedback with very simple, like pointed questions. So yes, we have our like biannual review. Something that I also do in addition to our biannual review is kind of in an alternating cycle. So twice a year, but in between the two big biannual reviews is what I do kind of like a a check-in feedback cycle where I basically send people two questions. What's something I'm doing well? What's something I should do more of? And just two simple questions. And then I ask people, like, just spend five minutes on this. First thing that comes to your mind. And I do this with a couple of my peers to just get some quick feedback. I do this with the folks that I manage and then the folks that they manage. I ask them to kind of do the same and to to make it a lightweight check-in but to at least formalize that process a little bit. Um, and it's all, it's all written, um, but it's not as structured or robust as like our biannual. It doesn't involve compensation or HR or any of that. It's a little bit more uh, ad hoc. It's almost like a, a, an exercise. Like we just got to kind of like do it and then get everybody to participate. And then that way, you know, if there's anything that we notice we need to change, we need to do more of, less of, or whatever, that's been pretty important. Mm-hmm. Actually, we've been talking for about 45 minutes, and this is the first time you have mentioned HR. And uh, <laughs> and I, I just wanted to ask you, is there a, you work for a, for a big company. Is there a specific process to when you involve HR or when you seek their help? Or are they always involved in the biannual feedback? What does that look like? They're always involved in the biannual because HR is going to be there to make sure people are compensated fairly. If there are any performance issues that we need to talk about, 
uh, both good and bad. You know, if people are trending really, really well and doing like awesome performance, we need to like make sure they're on um, everyone's radar that like, hey, this person should probably get pr promoted pretty soon. And if there's somebody underperforming, that's also where we need to bring HR in and just give them a heads up, be like, hopefully nothing happens, but like, we just got to keep an eye on this. Um, maybe there's a situation here. HR should be involved, I think. I mean, I, I mentioned compensation. Like, this is also HR's job as somebody that's performing really well, that's exceeding the expectations of their role. They should be getting compensated in excess, basically. So we do involve them there, but the more like lightweight and formal feedback and stuff, I try not to involve HR just because I want the process to be light and I don't want people to feel like there's this extra step or worry about, oh, if I say, you know, somebody could be doing this better. Is that going to go into some file that is going to like penalize them later? Yeah, I, I try to make sure that unless there's something serious, that we keep it all lightweight, we keep it constructive. Right. Thank you for answering that. Do you have any words of wisdom to people who are either working at a company where the feedback culture is not as um, open as what you have described? or any wisdom of words to people who are just taking on the task of creating any sort of a feedback culture? I hate to say it, but if you're at a bigger company and you don't feel like the feedback culture is very good, I don't know how to change that. Both that like me as an individual, I don't know how to change that. And I just feel like I've seen so many horror stories where it's almost impossible to change. I think that a lot of that culture Like I said, it kind of comes from the top. And so without like a huge sweeping change in like how a company is led, I don't know if it's if it's that easy to as an individual to like go and just make that change. You can certainly advocate for it, say that you want it, but I think it requires some kind of sweeping change. If you're at a smaller company, I think there's like it's never too early to start. You know, even if you don't like have an HR department, you can still put a, a recurring six month calendar invite. For yourself and for your team to like do some sort of lightweight what did i do over the last six months that was great and then like how did i do it and then to ask your peers like hey can you give me what did i do well what can i do more of and to just kind of like start training that muscle and then as your company grows like you've already ingrained this culture of like no we we want open we solicit feedback we ask for it constantly And then it just becomes kind of natural. I think if you're a big company and you're trying to make that change, it's going to be hard. It, um, and it requires everyone from the top to the bottom, like being involved. I've never actually experienced that sort of change at big companies. I feel like I just uh, read about these changes in Hacker News or, or whatever. And they just seem super hard. And I wish the best of luck to HR departments that are having to do that. Nice. Thank you. We talked about a few things here today. We talked about uh, the benefits of, of a good feedback culture and how it builds trust and, and how people need to stay open and um, brave to address um, differences or misunderstandings and how a manager's task is to kind of encourage an open feedback culture and how it's usually best done face-to-face. I guess we can agree on that one. Um, Definitely. Is there anything else that we haven't touched on and um, you'd like to share with our, with our listeners today? The one other thing that comes to mind um, when we were talking a bit about 
encouraging people to to share feedback, especially like with the manager. This could be feedback about the manager. It could be feedback about the team, their coworkers. I like to tell people like, consider your feedback a data point. I've been nervous before to give critical feedback about somebody because like I care about this person and I don't want to give some critical feedback and then you know they get reprimanded or something. It's never the case, you know, barring something like serious. And and what I try to tell people to get people more comfortable with leaving feedback is like consider your feedback a single data point. If I hear it from you and nobody else, maybe it's not that big of an issue. I'm still gonna look into it, but like it's something for me to like look out for. If I hear it from you and that always kind of triggers me to go ask around, like, is this something else that other people are observing? And then I hear more like corroborating evidence that something's going on. That's when it sort of like kicks me into gear. So I like, I wanted to tell people that so that they feel more comfortable, like they aren't a hundred percent responsible for making some change or resulting in somebody else getting some critical feedback. Um, and that's why when we do these biannual reviews, we try to ask for at least like three to five peers um, so that you're like bringing all of this together. And if one person says like, oh, they're kind of a pain in the butt in code review, but nobody else says that, okay, we should work on that one relationship, but it's maybe not like a broad behavioral problem. So I, I've done that in the past when people are a little nervous about like, you know, hey, I don't want to get somebody in trouble. It, it just kind of like lowers the barrier, I think. And then this is also what I encourage when people are like, oh, the CEO said something, I didn't like it. It's like, tell them. They're not going to look at you and then like get mad at you or change the entire company. But if you tell them and somebody else tells them and then another person tells them, that might actually trigger something in them. And the problem is when we have like a bystander effect where everybody's a little uncomfortable or nervous about giving feedback and then the thing never gets addressed and it's allowed to continue. Um, that's the more important part. It, and I tell people like, please give me that data so that we can make good decisions for the team. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for this last thought. I think it really um, put our conversation into perspective for systematic changes. Where can our listeners follow your work? I try to share a lot of the stuff that we're doing almost exclusively on Twitter. So my handle is underscore R-Y-A-N-N-Y-S-T-R-O-M. Um, so that's underscore Ryan Nystrom. Um, and yeah, that's that's basically where I'm posting everything that I'm doing and that our team is doing here at GitHub. Awesome. Thank you. Dearest listeners, be sure to follow Ryan's work. And um, with that said, uh, if you have any topics we should discuss, reach out to the Level Up Engineering Podcast on Twitter. That's L-V-L-U-P-E-N-G on Twitter, or just search for the Level Up Engineering Podcast. And let us know what topics or speakers interest you, and we will do the best we can to bring those ideas to your headphones. And thanks for sticking with us till the end. Today, my guest was Ryan Nystrom, the Director of Engineering at GitHub, and um, we talked extensively about building a healthy feedback culture. I hope that you took some ideas away from it. I am Carolina Toth, and I hope to see you next time. Thanks for staying with us. This was the Level Up Engineering Podcast by Apex Lab. Check them out at apexlab.io. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel, rate our content, and share your thoughts on this episode. See you next time. See you next time.